Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Appreciate our praise team. Uh, Most of you probably heard this week about the devastating floods up in eastern Kentucky. Uh, Over 25 people have already lost their lives. Uh, uh, They're considering there's going to be a lot more than that, just a lot of devastation in that part of the state. Uh, We are working with uh, First Baptist Church of Hazard, Kentucky uh, right now. They need some items immediately. When I say immediately, I mean like we've got a a group that's going to go down on Thursday. Uh, Sam Ward is from Hazard. Uh, He's going to be our our connection person that we're working with. Uh, And so these are the items that they need. We also have these little uh, flyers out there. You can pick them up when you leave with a list of what they need and in Hazard right now, uh, and it's also on our church's uh, uh, Facebook page and all of our uh, social media, Instagram and everything else. Uh, they need baby formula, diapers, toilet paper, pry bars, flat shovels, mops, razor knives, squeegees, and ringer buckets. I did not know what a ringer bucket was, and somebody told me, you haven't mopped very much if you don't know what a, <laughs> what a ringer bucket is. So now I know what a ringer bucket is, okay? Uh, it's that bucket that you, you know, do, that's, that's, that's a ringer bucket. Okay, you all, okay, I didn't know, you all did. Uh, so um, it, on the flyer, it's going to say we need it here by Tuesday, but they're not going to go to a Thursday morning early. So if you could have it in the office by, Thursday, by Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, that would be great, and we would really appreciate that. And uh, so that will directly help the people uh, there in eastern Kentucky. And let's have a prayer for them at this time. Father, uh, we watch the news and we hear the stories. And, and it's just so sad to see the devastation up in the eastern part of our state. Uh, so many people that are hurting. So many people that have lost their lives, their homes, their businesses, uh, their possessions. And so, Lord, we just pray, first of all, for their healing. That your spirit could give them peace. That they would look to you for the strength that you can give. Father, we thank you that uh, uh, people like the Kentucky Baptist Disaster Relief are already on hand working. Uh, I just pray that our church would do what we can to supply these needs that are needed right at this very moment. Uh, And we just pray, Father, uh, that you could bring healing and peace to this area. And in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Uh, The one thing First Baptist uh, did emphasize is do not bring clothes. They, They are overwhelmed with clothes. They do not need clothes. So... All the items on the list, you can pick those up when you leave. Well, we're continuing our look in the book of Malachi. We're going to be in Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. Every summer we go through an entire book of the Bible. And uh, uh, Malachi, as uh, I begin to break it down, I, I, you know, I looked at this and I thought, oh, Malachi would be a good book to preach from. And then as I started to break it down, I thought, man, Malachi just keeps stepping on toes week after week after week. So luckily today, he, he's going to do it again. And uh, so, uh, you know, the good news is in, in two weeks, Malachi's over and we're starting a sermon series on eliminating hurry in your life. And you can just settle down and everybody feel good about themselves after that. Okay, so, uh, but we're going to go on today. Well, Malachi today, he's got a rhythm that we've been following. And the rhythm is this. Malachi, God says, okay, this is what you're doing that I'm not happy with. The people then say, we're not doing that. Why are you accusing us of doing that? And then God gives them examples of how they're doing what he said he's doing. That's played over and over again in the book of Malachi. We're going to see it uh, again here today. So today God's going to tell the people, he said, you are robbing me. 
You are robbing me. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're a, a robber, uh, you know, you, you, you'd have a, a lack of morals and a lack of conscience. But to rob God? Well, that's just dumb. I mean, if you're going to rob God, that takes quite a bit of nerve. Uh, fortunately, there are a lot of dumb robbers out in the world. As a matter of fact, there's not only a lot of dumb robbers, there's websites dedicated to dumb criminals. And so I went to one, and I looked up some of the dumbest things that happened by robbers in 2022, and I just wanted to share some of these things uh, with you, uh, these brilliant men and women uh, here. This is the first one. This is a young lady checked into a hotel room, then proceeded to take everything out of the hotel room and put it in her truck. Uh, of course, they have surveillance cameras all around the hotel. They watched her doing it, called the police, and they simply waited at her truck and arrested her when she came out with some of the items she was stealing from the hotel room here's the next one that I see I actually thought this was a pretty good idea you know so what this guy did is he robbed a bank and then on the way out of the bank he deposited the money in that bank's ATM so that if he was arrested he wouldn't have any money on him oh man that's brilliant you know Except, again, surveillance cameras. They watched him go all the way out to the, to the ATM machine. So he ended up, too, being arrested by putting his own pen and name into the ATM machine. Uh, a couple years ago, I, I shared one of these about a guy who threw a brick uh, at, at a, in Chicago at a jewelry store trying to break into the jewelry store, and it was reinforced glass. It came back and knocked him out. These people didn't learn from that. These two people were breaking in. Uh, one of them threw a brick as hard as he can to break the window, instead hit his partner in the head with the brick. His partner goes down, he's bleeding, he can't stop the bleeding, so he has to call 911, and when they show up, they arrest them both. So not the smartest criminals in the world. And then finally, the one I like best, this guy's wearing a shirt that says, I'm selling drugs. If you want to buy it, come talk to me, you know? And so the police go up, frisk him. He's got drugs that he's selling, and so they arrest him. Now, who would have thought wearing a shirt saying I'm selling drugs uh, would cause the police to come look at you like that? So these are not the smartest criminals in the world, some pretty dumb criminals. And we're going to look at some dumb robbers in Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. The first thing we see is this. God calls us to return to him. God calls us to return to him. Look at verses 6 and 7. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees. You have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. And so Malachi here starts out in verse 6, and he says, Look, the only reason you're still around, the only reason my judgment hasn't come upon you, the only reason I'm putting up with you is that I, the Lord, do not change. Now, what's he mean, I, the Lord, do not change? He means I'm a loving God, I'm a forgiving God, uh, I'm a God that always is going to give you second, third, and fourth chances, but you keep pushing it, you keep pushing it, you're not changing, you're just like your ancestors were. This isn't something that just started with them. This is something that's been going on for years. It started all the way back at the very beginning. He said, you've ignored me, you've lived your own way, and I keep calling you back, and you keep doing it over and over again, and the only reason you haven't been destroyed is that I'm a loving, graceful, forgiving God, but I'm also a just God, and you're pushing the limits of my justice. Over the last, last few weeks, we've seen some examples uh, that God pointed out to them of how they are testing his patience. First of all, he said he, they show him no respect. 
at all. He also said they deny that he loves them. They're destroying the family that is the basis of all that God was putting together. And they're accused God of being unjust and unfair. And then he goes on and he says, look, uh, you've done this. The people before you have done it. It goes on over and over again. And when you think about it, we're still doing the, we're still doing the exact same things today. Think about it and walk through the things he said to them because they all kind of apply to our country today. Do we really show God respect? In the way that you live and the things that you do, are you really showing God respect? If you remember back, that was the very first sermon. And the interesting thing was God actually says to the people, I am a great God who rules over everything and you treat me like this? Shouldn't you at least be a little afraid (laughs) if you're going to treat me like this? But think about it. When you came in today, uh, when you came into worship, were you really centered on God? You know, we think of worship as something we're getting out of it. It's also supposed to be what you're giving to God. If God looks at your worship today, would he say, you're showing me respect as the ruler of the universe? Are we showing God that respect? What about in our country? We seem to be destroying the family today. We whine and blame God for all of our problems, just like they did in Malachi's time. And last week, when the people whined and complained, you know what God said? The reason you have all these problems is that you're causing them all. Don't blame me for all the things that you're doing that's causing your life to be a mess. You need to change your life. So all the things that we're doing in Malachi's time, we're doing today, and we're still not taking any responsibility for it. That's why the end of verse 7 is so interesting. To a people who are ignoring him, not respecting him, and blaming him for every problem they got, that they've done and their ancestors did, God says to them, return to me. Return to me, and I will return to you. What an unbelievable word. You would think what God would say is, okay, I'm fed up with it. I'm ready to lower the boom. Judgment is coming. That's not what he says. What he says is, you did it, you keep doing it, your ancestors did it, and all I say to you is, return to me. Come back to me. You see, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. God's not interested in punishing you. God loves you too much to leave you where you are. And so he wants to bring you back to him. That's God's whole motivation, is to get us back in a relationship with him because he doesn't want your life to be lived at a lesser level. He wants your life to be lived at the highest level that it can be lived at. And so we see this call from God, return to me and I will return to you. That brings us to the next thing that we see in our scripture passage. To return to God, we have to admit that we've gone away. You can't return unless you admit you've, you've strayed away in the first place. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was reading a story this week. People were following their, their uh, uh, Google GPS in Fairbanks, Alaska, taking them to the Fairbanks airport. And the GPS, for some reason, was all messed up at that time. And it was taking them through a small service gate right out into the middle of a runway. This is actually the, the picture of it right here. Now, I don't know about you. But at some point, if I'd have gone through a service gate, started going through the back areas, and ended up on a runway, I might have figured up I was going the wrong direction. It's not one person that drove out in the middle of this runway. Over two dozen people rode out in the middle of the runway in Fairbanks, Alaska, because daggone it, their GPS told them to do it, and they were going. They weren't stopping. They trusted their GPS. And how many times in life do we do that with God? 
Look, I've made my decision. This is what I'm doing. I'm going full forward. I don't care if I run myself into the middle of a runway. I'm not going to stop. I'm following what the culture says. I'm following what I want to do. I don't care what God says. And we end up in all the wrong places all the time, and we don't admit that we're going the wrong direction. We're just hard-headed. And so in verses 8 and 9, Malachi again speaks to the people, and he says, Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you are robbing me? Will a mere mortal rob God? Now think about that for a second. God is all-seeing, God is all-knowing, God is all-powerful, and God is the God of justice and judgment. And not only that, he's God! It takes some nerve to rob God. But he says, you are robbing me. And so the people say, we're not robbing you. How are we robbing you? Because they whine about every single thing. There won't be one thing in the entire book of Malachi that God says to them that the people won't say they're not doing. Because we don't want to admit we're doing something wrong. We don't want to admit we've messed up. How are you robbing me? And then Malachi answers them. Um, You're robbing me in your tithes and in your offerings. In fact, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Now, have you ever seen a story about a robber who robbed somebody they just shouldn't rob before? Have you ever seen a story like that? Well, there was one uh, uh, just a while back. There is a a UFC fighter in Brazil. Her name is Pollyanna Villiana. She was leaving a restaurant in Rio de Janeiro, and when she walked out, a man took out a knife and demanded her purse. She punched him about 15 times in the face, threw him to the ground, put him in a rear naked hold, and said, now we wait for the police. Here is Pollyanna right here, and that is her victim. That is her standing behind him. She's wearing her UFC shirt. I mean, have a little awareness when you're there. She's got her hand on him. She says, and now we wait. And you know what he said? Please, just don't punch me anymore. Who thinks he picked the wrong person to rob? I think he thinks he picked the wrong person to rob uh, as he was there at that particular moment. And yet we have the nerve to rob God. Now we're told we're robbing God in his tithes and in his offerings. Now, let's stop there for a second because these are two entirely different things. We're going to break them down in just a second. But who here in your life, if you grew up in church, ever heard a sermon on tithing from Malachi? One per- Okay, finally, people. All right. All, right. All right. This is so much more than that. It is a part of that. But tithes and offerings are so much more than what we may think. But let's look back to our scripture passage again and, uh, and see what, what he's saying there. So he says... You mere mortal are robbing God. You ask, how are we robbing you? You're robbing me in your tithes and in your offerings and what we're giving to God and what we're sacrificing to God. And he says, your whole nation is under a curse because you're robbing me. What's he mean? How's the whole nation under a curse? So I'm not giving you enough money so the whole nation is cursed? What's that mean? No, see, that's the, where we're missing the point. God doesn't need your money. God owns the cattle on a thousand fields. Your money has to do with your heart. And God says, what I want is your heart. That's where the tithes and the offerings come in. We're going to break down what offerings are in just a second. But an offering was the sacrifice you were giving God. What's the sacrifice you're giving God in your life right now? 
And so we're going to break those down and look at it. And so what he's saying to me is if you don't respect me, and if you, if you hold back things from me, and if you ignore me, then your life is going to be less. Your nation will be cursed. Because first of all, your life's going to be under a curse because you're ignoring me, living any way you want to live, and then you think everything's going to turn out well? No. Do you know the worst judgment God gives us sometimes? The worst judgment God gives you in your life is to let you live the way you want to. Because it's usually a mess. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. So our, we mess our lives up, we mess our family up, pretty soon our whole country's messed up, and it's all because we're not giving to God what God deserves. So our scripture passage here begins to point out the fact that God says all of us need to come back, all of us need to return to him. And that brings us to the last thing that we see. God asks us to put him to the test and to see if his ways are true. God asks us to put him to the test and see if his ways are true. Now, it's interesting, when it comes to the money end of this, uh, there's two things I've seen uh, that people react to whenever a pastor says something about money. The first thing they react to is, you're trying to take my stuff, you know, and so we get, we get real antsy because we're afraid we're trying to take something, the church or God's trying to take something that's ours. The truth of the matter is, it's not yours, okay? It's God's to begin with, and at some point you're going to die, and you're going to be buried in the ground you think you own. At some point you're going to die, and all those possessions you worked hard to gain, uh, your kids are going to fight over, or something uh, like that. So it's really not ours in the first place. God's saying, where is your heart? The second thing is, we're afraid we won't have enough. If I give something, I won't have enough for myself. Look at 10 through 12, what God says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. There will be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will bring pests from devouring your crops and vines your fields uh, will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will cause you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Okay, now let's break down what tithes and offerings meant because it was really interesting and it's a whole lot more than money. So a tithe was when your crops came in. The word tithe means 10. That's where we get you tithe a tenth or something. But when the crops came in, it was okay, in the fall and in the spring, the crops are going to come in and then I give a portion of that back to God. And so in our scripture, what he says is, bring the tithe into the storehouse that my house may be full. So we think that means, okay, I need, to, I need to give my 10% to God. And there is a part of that that's definitely true in this passage. But the bigger picture is this. God says, where are your priorities? When you make me your priority, when you bring it into the storehouse and you give it to me, when you make me your priority, then the rest of your life's going to be blessed. This isn't some quid pro quo where if I get my 10%, God will give me more than that back. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll fill your storehouse, it says. No, this is, you make God a priority in your life, and your life's going to be blessed because God's a priority in your life. Then all nations will see how blessed that you are. But there's also something called offerings. Have you ever heard anybody say, we're going to take our tithes and offerings now at church? You never, anybody know, never heard that? Okay, that's not what you're doing. Okay, you're not bringing your tomatoes up to the to the stage uh, when you're doing that, and you're certainly not making an offering. An offering was your sacrifice to God in the temple. 
It was what you were voluntarily giving to God that was not expected, but because of your devotion to God. And there were different offerings for different purposes. And it makes all the difference in the world to know what a tithe is and what an offering was. The first offering that was given was the burnt offering. And in the burnt offering, you, you brought an animal or, or your fruit, you gave it to God, and everything was burned to a crisp. There was nothing left. It was, con it was completely burned to a crisp. What was the point of the burnt offering? God, I give myself wholly to you every part of my life. I'm devoted to you. Have you done that with God? Are you robbing God by saying, no, there's areas of my life that I'm not going to give over to you. There's areas of my life that I'm going to live the way that I want. I'm not giving that to you. Or have you ever said, God, every area of my life is yours? Another offering was the grain offering. And the grain offering was an offering people brought. And you know the purpose of it? It was just to say, thank you. Man, I've been blessed. I look at my family. I look at all that you've done in my life. I, I, I see, I see the, the life that you've given me and my salvation. I just want to come and I want to thank you. Have you robbed God by not showing enough gratitude to him for saving you and forgiving you and taking you to heaven and all that he's done in your life? Are you living a life of gratitude? Or are you robbing God of what should be his, that gratitude? Another offering that was given was the peace offering. The peace offering. And the purpose of the peace offering was when you were not in a right relationship with another person. You know, you're fighting with somebody. You're not getting along with them. Relationships are strained. And the purpose of the peace offering was you came before God and you said, look, I want to acknowledge this relationship's messed up and I need your help in putting it back together. Are you robbing God by having areas of your life where you refuse to reconcile with somebody else, where you refuse to forgive somebody else? And God says, you're robbing me because I want to offer you peace and you won't take it. And the last offering was the guilt or the sin offering. And the purpose of the guilt or the sin offering is for you to come before God and say, I messed up, I did it wrong, I, forgive me. Are you robbing God by not seeking his forgiveness when you've messed up? So we go back to that, hey, you know, uh, you're robbing me by not giving me your tithes and offerings. It's a whole lot more complicated what he's saying than we think. And the point of it isn't your money. The point of it is what are you truly giving out of respect to God? How are you showing respect to God? Are you making God a priority in your life? And what Malachi says is pretty straightforward when he comes to it. Look at verse 12. If you do these things, if you make me a priority, then all of the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. God says, come and make me first in your life. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to bless your life more than you could have ever imagined. Years ago, I was a part of something when I was a kid called the Columbia Record Club. Anybody here ever heard of the Columbia Record? All right, how many people are actually in the Columbia Record Club? Oh, a whole bunch of people. All you old people out there. All right, so this is from when I was a kid. You could get 12 albums or 12 eight-track tapes for one penny. 12 albums or 12 eight-track tapes for one penny. That was a good deal when I was a kid. It's not, it hasn't changed that much, you know. One penny was an unbelievable deal. 
Now, they had what they thought was a catch to get you. And the catch was this. After you signed up, you got your 12 records, you paid your one penny, and then every month they would send you an album, and you, it was, you had to buy that album then at regular price, and you could buy other albums. But there was something that they didn't know, what I call the Chip Pendleton loophole. And that was this. You could cancel at any time. So I would get my 12 albums for one penny, and then I would cancel like that. And then the next month, I would join the Columbia Record Club again, and I would get 12 albums for one penny, and then I would immediately cancel, and then I would do it again. And, uh, you know, that's not exactly what they intended to happen, but it was a loophole in the system. Unless you judge me, several sinners came out and told me they did the, rest, the same thing in the last service. Right? I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying it worked out great. It was a deal. I put them to the test, and it worked out. You know what God's saying? God's saying, all I want is good for your life. All I want to do is make your life better. Why are you running from it? Why are you not giving me every part of your life? Because I can do something in every part of your life if you will just let me. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for your word, and we just pray now that as we look at our lives, you'll give us the courage uh, to live as you show us. And in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Well, we come to this time of invitation, and really the, the invitation is no different than what we've already talked about. Just think about the things that we said, and as I run through this short list, just pick one of these and say, this is what I'm going to concentrate on this week. You know, sometimes we're, we're Christian overachievers or something, you know. Just pick one thing. Say, this is what I'm going to do this week. So he talked about giving your tithes. So maybe this week you're going to say, okay, I'm not giving anything right now. I'm going to give something. I'm giving something. I'm going to give a percentage. Uh, I'm going to give a love gift, whatever. Just what are you doing in that area of your life? Second, look at your whole life and tell God he's in charge of every area. God, you're in charge of my family. You're in charge of my job, my possessions, the TV shows I watch. God, I'm going to give it all to you. Maybe you need to make that as, your, as the thing you center on this week. Number three. This week, just try to live a life of gratitude. Every day, get up and make a little list of what you're grateful for, what happened the day before that you're thankful for. Just live a life of gratitude and let it show. Number four, what relationships in your life are out of whack right now? What do you need to be doing to go and to try to repair those? Make it your goal this week. Lord, help me to start trying to repair that relationship. And finally, where have you messed up and need to be forgiven? Go to God and say, God, I'm not doing it right. I need you in my life. So just take one of those and say, Lord, this week, during this time of invitation, I give this over to you. As always, we're going to be open to people that want to come and join this church, want to give their lives to Christ. But you look at what God is saying to you, and you respond as he leads you. Let's stand together and sing. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.